0: Tile Friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Tile Money Podcast. This is the podcast that is strengthening the tile industry. We are doing this with our weekly business education designed for contractors by contractors. This education is assisting tile contractors around the world to build sustainable, profitable businesses. The result is a stronger industry from the installer up, and that's what it's all about. Tonight, tonight we have a great interview lined up For you to enjoy, I'm talking with David Sandana, the inventor of a brand new tile installer tool, the Ledgerboard Pro. We're gonna get to see this tool tonight. Uh, We're gonna get to talk about how he uh, came up with the idea. Uh, the struggles along the way, the, the wins along the way. And if you have questions for David, uh, you're definitely in the right spot if you're with us tonight, Friday, Friday night. Thanks for being with us. I know it's a Friday night, but um, uh, we're going to have some fun uh, and, and talk to David here. So before we get to it and invite him into the studio here, I want to thank our sponsors, the National Tile Contractors Association, Lay Decree International, and GoBoard. These are the companies that are supporting you via this platform, Tile Money, the podcast, the Facebook group, everything we're doing and building out uh, these companies are supporting you. GoBoard, Laidcrete International, the NTCA, Happy Tile Guy, and they want to see you succeed. That is our mission together as as an industry, is to assist the tile contractor succeed. So if you're not familiar with any of those companies, reach out to them, have a conversation, tell them you appreciate supporting the podcast that you listen to weekly, and tell them that uh, it, it means a lot. And tonight, uh, for this episode, we actually have... Um, for sponsor Ledgerboard pro, as I mentioned, we're talking with David Sandana and he sponsored this episode to share with us his invention as well as, uh, share some education really. And that's what it's all about giving back because a lot of you want to know, how would I take a tool to, uh, from conception to reality? So here we go right on time, man, that doesn't happen very often. David, how's it going? It's going good. How are you, brother? Pretty good. You nailed that intro. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was good timing there with the music. We've got a lot of people. We've got a lot of people saying hi. we got Anthony Moses, Larry, Abby, uh, a bunch of other people um, saying hi. And they're excited to hear from you, David. Um, first of all, if, if anybody's not familiar with who you are, give us a brief overview of your um, of where you're at and what you do in the industry.
1: Uh, I'm in Pierce County, Washington, in a town called Puyallup. It's about 25 miles south of Seattle and 10 miles east of Tacoma. So those are the two biggest cities in both those counties. Um, I do. I have a flooring company. I've had a company for 15 years. We do uh, tile installations, obviously, but other flooring as well. And uh, so I work every single day with the guys, just like most of you do. Uh, today I did a mud pan uh, for a shower and, so, um that'll couple with uh, all the other estimates and measuring and all the bookwork nice that's what I
0: do I know you Before stay I'll... you stay busy how long um uh, did you say how long you've been in business?
1: Oh yeah, we started in May of two thousand
0: five mm-hmm.
1: So 16 years last month.
0: Yeah. And if anybody hasn't uh, listened or watched the interview with David, you can do that. Uh, I wish I had the date off the top of my head here. I I usually do that. But it was a great interview. Uh, He discussed his flooring business in more depth. But that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. Tell us what we're going to talk about tonight, David.
1: Uh, Tonight, we're talking about invention and um, the tool I created. And we're getting ready to launch next week at TICE. Um, in in uh, cooperation with Gunlock Tiling Tools or flooring or sorry
0: Gunlock um, BJ Gunlock Gun Company yeah yep tool company so tell us about um about this tool first of all let's do we have a photo I I'm gonna try to rem- remember where that's located here I, I have, have one in my hand. Hand. what's that I have one here. Can can you? Do you see where it says "share your screen"? Do you have? Oh, you have the tool. Yeah, let's let's yeah, my, let's. You know, I I think what we should do is look at the tool, and then I'm going to describe what I'm seeing for for the people who are listening to the podcast next week. Um, why don't you grab the tool? Okay. So there there it is. It's a, a beautiful looking red uh, metal. Ledger board and tell me about the the dog ears there on the end and then what this is, because essentially what this is, is a is a backsplash tool um, to assist you when you go to install uh, your backsplash in the in the area where the stove is. Correct. Correct.
1: So this tool is designed to fit in a standard stove gap. This specific one is the 30. Uh, We're going to have more sizes available, and and we're starting with the 30. Um, We also have a 48 that's in production, so we'll have that out as soon as they get that ready. But the 30 is designed to sit right in the stove gap. All you have to do to set your ledger board for your tile installation is take this tool and just set it down on the counter space. It'll fit from side to side every single time.
0: And and now what kind of reactions are you getting when you show this to tile contractors and, and they start to use this?
1: Depending on the contractor, some just say, where can I buy it? Yeah. Um, it it's a, it's a one of those pain points we've been dealing with. I've done for as long as I've been in the industry and working for my previous employer, we always did the whole stud finder, knock on the wall, put a screw, put a nail, hope and pray we didn't hit something important um you know try to get it perfect and it never worked out 100% most of the time so i don't know how i came up with this but um you know I, it's a long story but i was on a hunting trip with some friends and i said hey i got this idea and they're like well go ahead and do something about it and so i uh just started on the process and that was last september and here we are today
0: yeah and so I, I kind of want to dig into that. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something. Though. I'm gonna share my screen because I found the video I was looking for, and and we're just gonna take a look at the tool in the field. Um, I think that would be fun. All right, Thanks. let's let's do this here. Now this is a video that uh, Kirk Cook made in inside the Global Tile Posse, and we're just gonna watch about 30 seconds of it here. I think, and we'll get a, a, a better grasp at of, of watching this tool in the field. So I, I'm not sure if you can hear him well, but he's just showing the tool here. And now he's walking over to where the stove is. He simply just yeah. places the ledger board pro where you would, where you would normally have to screw in. Um, I don't know a piece of scrap wood laying around the construction site. Uh, some people use their levels. Some people, you know, just use whatever they can find. You're poking holes in the wall. You're finding, you know, you're, you're looking for the studs. You're hoping you don't drill into any, any plumbing or uh, gas or electrical. So it's as simple mm-hmm. as that. It's incredible.
1: Yep. Pretty easy. It, anybody can use it with uh, very little training. So if you have new employees, um, all they got to be, if they can set something down, they can use this tool. And that's how simple it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And now you mentioned, you kind of teased it. You said you were hunting, you were on a trip, and you told me, um, tell us the story when, when you had this idea, man.
1: There's probably three or four versions. <laughs> so um, basically I got up one morning and, uh, and I uh, told my buddies, it's it's probably 4 o'clock in the morning, we are elk hunting by Mount St. Helens. I told my buddies, I said, hey, I got this idea. And from everything I know about inventions, all, all I see is like Shark Tank, you know, and they're like, I need a hundred grand. I need 10%, you know? And so you're like thinking of all these weird numbers and percentages and there's, you, you don't know what you're getting into, Yeah. but I thought this could work, you know? And so I talked to him and one of my good friends, he just said, Hey man, just go ahead and go out there and do it. He's like, when you get back from this trip, just do it, call whoever you got to call and figure something out. And so he encouraged me to do it. And you know, at that point I was like getting ready to hike up a mountain. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, that's the end of it. I, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into when I was going to do it other that, as soon as I got home, I was going to do it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. We've got one question. I'm just going to try to answer the questions as they come up um, because of the, the nature of the subject. Uh, it, can, it, can you make it telescoping instead of various sizes?
1: Yeah, that was probably the first question we come up with. You know, we, we asked that same thing. So uh, can we make a telescoping version or can we make an extendable version or like a folding version or something like that? And the answer is possibly, um, but we thought it would cause too much weakness because when you have the structure, when you have the tool holding up the weight of the tile on the wall, you don't want to have a hinge point. And for what you have to go through to get one of these made, um, you know, you're making another segment, it would double in price easy. Mm -hmm. So you you would be, if you made a extendable one, if you made it in the USA, like this one's made in the USA, right? 10 miles from my house. Um, they'd be over a couple hundred dollars easy. Yeah. Just in manufacturing, probably. So to go down that road, um, you know, it just wasn't something that we wanted to look into for the for the liability reasons of, you know, it breaking, the hinge weakening, uh claims, it doesn't quite work because every time you redraft a product, it costs a lot of money to redraft a product. So uh yeah, we had to we had to pretty much get it right, and I think we nailed it with this one.
0: Yeah. Now I keep seeing this question. It's it's been brought up two or three times already. Um, a lot of folks, I evidently like to run um, a tile underneath. You know, uh, the, what what you would be allowed to with this tool, correct? So in other words, um, if the if the stove is skinny or something, a lot of people like to put one row below where uh, it would be like a you know across the across the ledgerboard Pro there. Um, but this tool kind of doesn't allow for that, or
1: No, it's totally up to the installer. So you have to be resourceful in everything you're doing. So this tool, you start on the countertops. You set the tile across the top. You finish. You set all your tile along the back row. You probably could take this ledger board off same day if you do the whole backsplash. And then you just put your bottom row in and tape it up. Yeah. Uh, That backsplash that Kurt put on that video, he said he was able to get that done in the first day, grouted and everything. Yeah. So I don't know how much time putting that ledger board in, but there's a gas line in the floor right below that. I don't know if
0: you saw that, and who knows where that's coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you can't do it. I, I think that's you know a, a quick and easy solution. You're still not you know pulling your level out, pulling a, a scrap wood you know wood out if you ha- if you remember to carry one or, or go dig around for one. Um, it makes it makes a lot of sense for me, and and honestly, you know that there's not it's not every backsplash. It's it's actually in my experience, it's the rare ones that you would be going on that extra row and for me personally
1: yeah if they don't have a downdraft or anything on the on the oven or there's no back with a clock or whatever yeah then occasionally in, up here in the Pacific Northwest I've never even heard of that until global tile posse and people posting pictures and we, we, we kind of think like well why would anybody do that but um, you know they just do and it's one of those extra things it's kind of like if you went uh, next to a refrigerator and you continued to tile behind the refrigerator, Some customers request it. I, you know, I think that's kind of silly because the countertop stopped there. But uh, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. But if you want to drop the roll, you just lift the tool out, you put the tile up, and then you just put a piece of tape on there to hold it with the spacers, and and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting some interest all the way over from Australia here tonight, David. So uh, it looks like you might want to. We
1: actually, uh, yeah, Australia, yeah. We had a little, little, little interest in Australia ourselves. (laughs) Right on. Friend of mine just moved over there to Sydney. One of my neighbors, she's like, "Yeah, you should bring it down there." I was like, "Oh well."
0: She had trouble getting over there because of COVID and all that stuff, so I decided to hold off. All right, let's. So we'll go back to you know the morning you woke up and you had this great idea and and Mm -hmm. what was the next steps then your your buddies just told you to by the way your friends are good friends just go for it right just go do it just go make it happen and they they were encouraging you they weren't the naysayer type so you're obviously hanging around the right type of people right so congratulations on that and Mm -hmm. what was the next step i mean did you did you did you make it out of wood what what, what's going on there 3d printer (laughs)
1: no for next step um Looking back. Next step, I I went straight to a friend of mine. He's an aerospace engineer, and I started talking with him about it, and we just drafted something up. Uh, Once we had a design, um, we were able to get, we could go with any metal. We could go with any shape over distance. We could tell how much flex the metal would have. Uh, We could tell how heavy it was going to be, and and they pretty much dialed it in on the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, Once we had a computer model, then we could make something and see if it worked, you know, because there's no way of telling like we could draft it but will it work you know yeah and the first model it worked but it was super heavy so um we had to trim it down a bit and we ended up with this with this um model here and it's uh, a little less a little more than half the weight of our first version but uh, that was the next step was to make sure that it worked Um, once i had a working model i called a patent attorney right away and said i got this idea um, and they had a million questions just to get through them. Um, and then, uh, let me, let me back up one second here. Cause yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the super important part. And this is, this is, this is probably the most crucial part of the, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Great. Yeah. Are you good?
1: I think my headphones just turned off. So we've you're, got, you're
0: on the we've got a great We've got a great comment from the YouTube, uh, Mr., Mr. Um, man, I, I'm not going to try that name. Uh, many, many great ideas are lost to apathy. Good for you for pushing on and doing, doing it, you know. Doing nothing is the easy way, and that's so true. And then that was uh, Roberto uh, Colonetti uh, from Australia, just so you know, David, who wants to talk to you about that product. So it's okay. Like-
1: awesome. So what I'm forgetting here is is um, I made a phone call. Um, you know I, I called uh, Chase Twitchell because mm-hmm. um, I knew he had invented his flow effects drain. Um, he just came out with it. I don't know uh, several months prior to that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd pick his brain on on the process. So um, I talked to him and uh, we got he like directed me. He's like, well, there's there's the provisional, there's the non-provisional, there's all this stuff, and you're you're like racking your brain trying to figure out. Uh, what's the next step? And then he pretty much narrowed my focus in and then I got directly in contact with the patent attorneys to do the patent search and then, uh, go through all that paperwork and submissions and photos and documents. Uh, and that was, that was pretty much it. Um, after I talked to chase, he got me focused in, um, and he was great. I mean, we've, we formed a pretty good friendship over this deal. Nice. Um, he really enjoys this process, yeah. um, of the, of the creation. And, um, so the whole time I kept him in the dark about it, <laughs> what it was. He wanted to know. He wanted to know. And uh, I kept him in the dark. I was like, well, I got to wait. I got to wait. He's like, right, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And uh, That had so, to be hard. Yeah, it was hard to keep. I wanted to tell anybody just as bad as and I told him. I was like, man, it's one of those things. that just, I don't know why it took so long for me to think about it. You know, like it just, it never came to me. Yeah. And so uh, Chase, um, after all these months, I called him. I said, hey. They came back with the patent search. They said, there's nothing like it. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, so what are you going to do? I was like, they said patent it right away. So I went ahead and filed the paperwork. So we did that. And then I was like, it's going to be two weeks. It's going to be two more weeks. And finally, I was like, they said six more weeks. And he's like, dude, you're killing me. And so finally came back and I told him, I was like, okay, I got the paperwork back. He goes, now you're freaking telling me what it is. And I was like, all right, fine. I told him, he goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's freaking genius I was like dang yeah
0: it's one of those funny things so yeah that was the next step yeah that was that was pretty uh pretty wild you were I I, I don't know at what, what timeline you started talking to me because we had done the podcast and we were keeping in touch talking about different projects and uh, you have family here close to where I am in Florida um, so it was fun um, talking to you because I remember that was like uh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what it is in like two weeks. <laughs> and it was like two weeks for like 12 weeks in a row, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah, that's, yeah. They stretch it out. So, um, so after, after all that, I mean, what was the next step? Then, then you have the patent and you already, you, you already have somebody who, who can make the tool and, and then mm-hmm. are you, are you refining, you know, what the tool looks like or, or what's the next step at that point?
1: Uh, we did it a couple times along the way um, after we got, so we had to submit a pretty much a final draft to the, they call it a prior work. So our prior art. So we had to submit a, a photo of our, of our piece to the patent office and from every single angle. And uh, when we got the report back, it's like 28 pages and it's all high detail stuff. It There's no way you could look at a patent and go, I'm going to get around this thing because you you don't even know what they're talking about when they fill it out. And so I got that back. And then, um, we, we redesigned it a little bit just to trim the weight mm. because of uh, shipping costs and that. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was surprised at how much information you needed to have, um, to get a product into a market. But my next step, once I had it, uh, the information in hand was to present it to somebody, mm. you know, so, um, we presented it to a, a company, our first model. And, um, we, it was a zoom like this, you know, it was a zoom on a job site. I showed them how it worked. Um, and, uh, it all, it all fell together, you know? And so, um, gun lack tool companies bringing the tool out, they're going to be the distributor in North America and Canada. And, um, you know, I, I, I said it before, I was like, yeah, it's going to be out pretty quick, you know? And, It took forever, it seems like, but it was a really short time, and and everything worked pretty smooth, and uh, I think everybody's
0: happy to this point. Uh, We got a nice product, and and, uh, I think I think it's great. Um, What What is the total timeline? Is it has it been a year, eighteen months, or less? Or oh no, Um, from the middle of September,
1: you know, we're talking about I don't know nine months probably. Man, that's that's yeah nine months in probably total time. Because we started, we started, um, I I first approached Gunlack after I was in Vero Beach, when I met you in Vero Beach. So mm-hmm. um, in Vero Beach, I hadn't told anybody about it yet because it was still, I was still waiting for my application to come back. But in Vero Beach, um, our CTI administrator was John Roberts. Mm-hmm. So after that, um, he works for Ben O.J. Gunlack. And so I, I kind of met everybody and all the pieces in this trip that I was kind of squeamish on taking anyway. Cause I, you know, I told you that, um, but I met John down there and when I passed the CTI, you know, I, uh, I got back in contact with him and just told him I had this tool coming out. Like I just got the patent information back and it'd probably be like two weeks. And, um, who could I talk to about, you know, getting it to market? And he said, Oh, that's my boss. And send me his contact information. And, you know, we started talking and it went, it went from there. Yeah
0: well you definitely went to the right company I mean gunlock tools um, is is the oldest uh, tool distributor in America North America so um, they've been doing it they've been at it a long time and what was that like what I mean was that hard was that a tough process work you know what I and then the follow-up I would like to know what's been the toughest process so far but what was it like you know approaching a company and kind of because obviously they they bring a lot of value to 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 what you you know the success of the tool right
1: yeah yeah they're they're well we're still moving forward so we'll see how everything goes down the road you know but um i think uh, the company is great to work with uh, i dealt directly uh with steve gunlack and mike wise and uh they're just like you and i talking now i mean there was no you think of uh you know, you think of the the board room with the smoke in the air and the low green lights and people counting, you know, on abacuses and stuff, and it's nothing like that. I mean, uh, they're just they're just like uh, just like you and I, I think. Sure. And uh, I haven't met them in person, but dealing with them has been great. Uh, it was pretty straightforward. They said, "Hey, you know, here's the things you need to consider." Um, I was, I, as far as I know, I was pretty easy to work with because I just take what they say because they're. They, uh, they're industry professionals in that aspect. And so I have to take their advice into consideration and, and we put everything together and, um, it all worked out, you know, and it, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Um, you know, it's, it's
0: pretty cool. We've got another uh, question on this topic. Did you approach multiple companies, uh, and did you need a non-disclosure agreement?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a non-disclosure agreements. Um, you know, uh, Gunlack was the first company I uh, went forward with, and um, the hard part about it is just waiting on correspondence initially, because you you don't know if you're if they like it or not. I mean, initially when we had the the first Zoom, they're like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it looks great, everything, and but everything has to be right too. Just besides the tool, it can't be a ten thousand dollar tool. You know, um, it can be too high a price. You know, it can. There's there's other things that they consider in the market bears and. Uh, so there's a lot of education and Mike wise is probably one of the best at knowing, you know, what to do there.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. It sounds like a, a great partner. And so I would just encourage, you know, you out there inventors or, you know, future inventors to, you know, take, take the lesson learned here and, and don't be afraid to call, call someone up that, that, you know, a rep and say, who, who's your boss? I have a, I have an idea. I'd like to run by him. These people are, are eager to talk to inventors and eager to, you know, hear what you have to say. Um, we've got another question here. Awesome idea. Do you have any plans to, uh, to have like a, a line of similar products, you know, um, in this, this individual, um, wants to buy one right away if, if you do. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's funny you ask that <laughs> there, there's, there's more products. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And, uh, they're, they're in production here. We're launching our first one. I'm not trying to get, you know, ahead of my skis, so to say. But uh, we'll get this first one out. LedgerBoard Pro is going to be making more products. Um, we have some more complicated mechanical things I'm, I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm 3D modeling probably after I get back from Vegas. So um, there's more things that uh, that are going to be useful to others in the future. Uh, um, because I've been in the field and done pretty much everything that you people are doing. You know, like all these tilers are installing tile I've done that for a long time, so um, I understand what they're going through, and um, and I, I've uh, been through the struggles, and and I, I like to think you know all these things I do for myself, but uh, in the end, it helps out other people
0: as well. Mm. Now, is this your first invention, David? Or that that you brought to market like this? Yeah, first yeah. first one.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, last time I uh, yeah I haven't made any tools. Mm. Um, I've made fancy little scribe things out of pencils and and, and sticks and stuff on a job site just to get a cut angle or something. Sure. But other than that, nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, what's been the hardest part, you know, that's all that's kind of something I've been curious about is what kind of surprised you that was like, man, I, I did not see that coming. We talked, we talked a little bit about, you know, how hard it was just to keep quiet. Right. Was that the hardest thing or was there other obstacles?
1: you learn to keep quiet, you know, it's for, uh, it's hard to know something's coming and, and not say anything about it, you know, especially when you're excited, that was difficult, but not the hardest part. Um, the hardest, the hardest part about the whole thing was probably just being patient in general. You know, everything is a hurry up and wait game. Mm. So you start and you have an idea and, um, Next thing you know, you have to make sure it works. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna go to a patent attorney and say, "Hey, let's do a search on something that I don't know is gonna work," because that's several thousand dollars, and they're gonna search and they besides they ask you a lot of questions. There's a, there's a process just to get in front of a patent attorney, mm-hmm. so you can't just file a patent on your own. It has to go to the USPTO through an attorney's office who's a licensed patent attorney. And the, the firms, they have like a three-step interview process, at least the one I went to, to make sure that's something that they want to take on or even if it's patentable. So there's criteria in the whole process that, that would make something patentable or not. Um, I can't recite to you what that criteria is now, but it was important when they, when they were asking the questions. So that was the first nervous part, you know, that was difficult, but then they're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be four weeks. We'll have the search results back. And then it's eight weeks. <laughs> so you're like, you're like I, what am I doing here? Pay, I paid all this money. What are we doing? And then you get the search results back and you're like, man, that's a high detail, a lot of information they put in there just to get a search done. Um, and so it, it's pretty crazy the amount of stuff they, they search through. Um, then there's the wait time after that. If you decide to go through with a patent um, application, what they call it provisional. <clears throat> so you, you do the provisional patent application that takes six weeks, then it's 10 weeks, you know? So then you're like, you think, okay, you're looking at your calendar. You're like, oh, I got two more days till six weeks and it should be here. And they're emailing you. They're like, it'll be Thursday. Then they're like, oh, sorry, we're heavily, you know, we're inundated in the office or we have so many applications coming back or whatever they're doing. Um, It'll be next Tuesday Mm. and Friday. But the bottom line is when they get the information back, like I don't know how they wrote 28 pages, but it's a high detail I mean, I never wrote a story that long in my life. And it's only about this one tool,
0: you know, no gearing, no motors. Uh, Ima- so, imagine if it was telescoping, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, yeah. It'd be 128 I mean, pages.
1: Yeah. And yeah, they, this is, this has a simple patent. They call it a simple patent because mm-hmm. it's not very complicated. If you get something complicated, it could be $40,000 just to make the patent. Yeah, So it goes up from there. So something that's pretty basic, not very expensive to get patent, still a lot of money. So if you're looking at like a patent, um, you know, you could be $10,000 for a simple patent and sky's the limit from there. If you have like, uh, something that's a gearing and all this other stuff, you know, then, then it could, it could cost a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see. We got one question, but I, I think we answered all these. So he will go back. Um, as far as, you know, getting it out there, uh, David, told us how he, you know, is basically partnering with, um, Gunlock tool distributors. And, and, um, that's, that's who's going to uh, basically be distributing it to a lot of the stores throughout North America and eventually, you know, beyond, um, marketing other, other marketing plans. We haven't really talked about this. This is part of the marketing right, right tonight. Um, what's the next step?
1: What was that question?
0: Um, I, I think we talked about most of it, uh, what, what, what are your next steps? You know, marketing.
1: Okay. So next step um, Tuesday, we go to, we go to Las Vegas. Uh, ben OJ Gunlack is distributing the tool. Uh, they're going to have it on display in Las Vegas. Uh, they're going to be running a promotion on the tool from Vegas, and then uh, they're going to distribute it uh, to their vendors throughout the country and, um, and then to Canada. So that's the goal. Um, as far as marketing goes, we're just going to continue to market the product like any other one would. Uh, ben O.J. Gunlack is going to take the lead on that. They're the exclusive sales team for North America, so, um, you know, they're doing a good job. We just got material back that they sent out to their uh, their reps, and so uh, we'll go from there. But, um, you know, you'll be able to get it in your store, your local store. You can order it online. There will be online vendors, um, you know, probably a couple, you know, four or five different major online websites you can get it from. hmm um, we'll have a website up with links and all that stuff to uh, uh, dealer locator, so you can find out where you can buy it. Um, and you can contact Mike We, Mark uh, Mike Wise at Ben OJ um, and he can hook you up with the rep that can that can get you the product that you need wherever you may be because they're they're covered the country.
0: How soon can people expect these to be available wherever they would? By their um gun lock tools you know monolith etc uh mm-hmm. do you think it's like two weeks away or
1: yeah so I, I was down at our manufacturing plant um last week and they were almost done cutting them so from there it's it's only about two weeks so we're going to try to get them
0: out the door july 1 okay okay yep so you should see them in, in your local areas um if you're used to seeing monolith tools anything that uh uh, Gunlock, you know, distributes uh, to your local tile stores or, you know, like David said, some of the big uh, o- online retailers, online tile tool stores will um, will definitely be having this here. It's, uh, the, n- the name of the tool is uh, Ledgerboard Pro, Ledgerboard Pro. So, look forward to seeing that um, available very soon, you know, within weeks really, so... Yeah, it,
1: it'll be out pretty quick. Um, you know, we're going to try to get out the first week of July for sure, uh, and then it's just a matter of shipping and, and receiving at that point. Uh, I know they're going to be taking orders next week, so uh, we're looking forward to getting started. Now, you showed me a red tool. Are
0: there any other colors?
1: Uh, we decided to go with the red one because it matches the the uh, mo- uh, the, the uh, gunlack colors red. Uh-huh. And their other tool lines, they're the similar color. Mm-hmm. Now about about this red here, uh, this tool it is sixty sixty one T six aerospace aluminum. So it's a high quality aluminum. This is a hard plated anodized finish. So there's there's different layers or different uh, qualities of anodization. This is a hard anodized. They use this for like hydraulic pistons and industrial parts. So you could take your brillo pad or sponge and rub this thing to arm fell off. And the finish should stay right burned into that aluminum. Then the lettering is actually laser engraved. So the top is smooth because the laser engravement, it just removes the color, not the protection. So there's there's no transition in the finish here. It's all smooth. So you can get mortar on it, get grout on it, you wipe it off with a sponge, use a bill pad, and it should be fine.
0: That sounds really nice. Uh, nothing to catch, you know, no, it, it's, it does sound like a baseball bat in my ears when you're rubbing against, against that. Is that how it oh, feels? Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. It's a, it's a beautiful red. Uh, good, good job, David. Uh, let's see here. If anybody has any more questions for David, uh, about the tool or about the process, please put them up now. Um, Have we missed anything, David? Is there anything else you want to tell us about about the tool or about the process?
1: I could probably talk all day about the tool. You know, um, using it, how to use it. You know, you can how you would adjust it Uh, if you had your uh, basically if you were how you can adjust the tool. It's flat, but if your countertops are off a little bit, it's designed on the end to where you can use a horseshoe shim to lift that edge mm. off the countertop. So it elevate your, your legs there along mm-hmm. oh, the wrong way here. It's like be working in a mirror. So it elevates that edge right here, right here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you put a horse, you shim under that side to give you some space off the countertop. And also if your counters aren't level, you can shim each side independently to get that level back. So you'd have to determine what your best layout would be when you set this on the countertop. If it's not level, You could shim the left side by a 16th and the right side by a 32nd to find that perfect level if you needed to. Also, if you needed to drop a tile down, you just set your backsplash like normal. Remove the ledger board with one hand in one second, no tools required, and then you'll put your pieces of tile up with tape. If you're a single um, installer working by yourself, you don't have to move the stove out all the way to get your tile backsplash put in. You just have to move it out two inches. And then you could set this right on the countertop behind it, and set your tile shade across the back by protecting the stove. Nice. So that's another that's another cool thing about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's all sorts of stuff we're discovering because you know we're new to it. Just like just like everyone's going to be new to it. In uh, the in the process has been really neat. Uh, the tool works flawlessly. It's uh, it's almost it's almost too easy. Um, because I had uh, a job the guys refused to do because they didn't have one with them. So. I had to run them a tool so they would do the job because it was just, they were like, it takes too long to do the other thing and they were down the road. So I brought them a tool, they went and did the job and it kind of spoils you once you use it.
0: I imagine, you know, one th- one thing I keep thinking of is, you know, when I would do a lot of uh, remodel backsplashes or backsplashes where, you know, the home is lived in, right? Not, not new construction. The stove's there, it's plugged in, the gas, if it's a gas stove, it's plugged into the gas. Now I'm having to pull it out You know, possibly damage. You know, if there's a vinyl floor, that's a mess. If there's an old tile floor that was installed hollow, that's you know, it's a risk. There's a risk factor when you're pulling it out. You got to mess with the gas. You got to take the the gas off and and put the gas on. It it adds time, and then you know, just to get there to to, you know nail in or screw in a a ledger board. So, um, you know, this is going to be one of those things where it's like. Move it out six inches, put the Ledgerboard Pro in, tile the thing, and, and you're done. You don't have to take the stove out at all, really.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to jockey around the island. You know, a lot of times if you pull it out most of the way, the oven, there's an island in the way. you got to shimmy around the kitchen. There's a fridge. And um, at the end of the day, that's going to save you a bunch of time there just by moving it out. And, and remove all liability. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really a no brainer. Once you put it down on the countertop and you use it the first time, you're just going to be blown away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's one of those tools. Like you said at the beginning, man, why didn't I think of this? It's so simple, right? <laughs> it seems
1: simple, you know, and uh, we talked about that, you know, um, Steve Gunlack, he said, well, how long have you been doing this trade? You know, we talked about it. We talked about how many hours per day you, you know, generally work and who knows what that actually is, but we come up with 40,000 hours. I've been doing this and never thought of it, yeah. you know? And it's like, he goes, well, think of all the people that did the trade before you. And it's just gone over the top. And it's just, people settled for the same old, same old, and just got stuck in the ways. And, you know, I have a, a builder guy that I know, and I showed him the tool after it was, after we got the final version in his company. And uh, he was shocked. His, his guy is a third generation tile installer. And I, I had it in a tube, and I asked him how he did his backsplash. And He goes, "Oh, I'll take a piece of wood and I'll screw it in here and try to get the studs and stuff." And I said, like, "All right." And I handed him the tube. I said, "Take this." And he pulls it out of the tube, and I said, "Set it on that countertop." And he sets it down, and he just—you should see how fast he just bent his head. And he's like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" You know, like, and it was like just the light turned on right away, and he's like, "That is so cool." Yeah. So it it really saves a bunch of time for them because they're building 100 houses a year yeah you know, so uh, you know, multiply that out. and then he said he has about every twenty houses someone hits a pipe in the wall mm-hmm. and he said costs four to five thousand dollars, and generally, I have to pay the cost because the people that are doing the work, they don't have that money to just get back to me and I have to get the house closed because I got
0: purchasers
1: and all this other stuff
0: so this builder said every four or five houses he has a an issue where he has to open the wall and fix some plumbing.
1: no, about every twenty houses oh twenty.
0: Yeah. yeah, one out of twenty. Okay, And
1: then he said that it usually costs five thousand dollars to fix. Wow, because it'll flood. It'll flood the wood. It'll flood all
0: the the flooring. Yeah. They got peeled back and yeah, you know it's, what a hassle. It's a what a product. mess. So builders are going to yeah. love this. I mean, I. Man, that four to five. I was going to say, who's this builder? Who, who's this sub? Yeah. Right? No, no, that's
1: called bad luck. <laughs> that's like you're in the wrong train.
0: You got it. it's time to retire. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but every twenty houses. I mean, even that though. You know, if but if you're doing, you know, if you're doing a, a couple hundred houses a year, I mean, that's that's a big deal. Um, we had a question up here. I missed. I, I want to get back to it now. Did you have some sort of investors for the licensing? All the money that you've invested, or, or are you self funded, David?
1: No, I I self-funded the deal. I self-funded the, everything's self-funded. There's no partner, um, besides myself in, in the, the, well, I and my wife, um, in the, uh, the ledger board production side and patent side, um, I keep seeing the questions pop up, so I'm trying to read at the same time,
0: but yeah. Whatever time it needs to explain whatever question they're being asked, and, and they're, they're very knowledgeable. So we appreciate that resource. As contractors, it's really important to know that this resource exists, and it's within the NTCA. So we appreciate that, Bart. Anything else before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I just would add that, you know, not only uh, do those trainers do that, Luke, and it's such a great point. And we have picked our trainers pretty carefully. that yeah. They have both commercial and residential mm. experience. So we, we want to make sure that we can talk, you know, intelligently on both levels because they're very different uh, uh, skills at times. Yeah. But, you know, one of the coolest things is how the members uh that attend also share with others so you have a lot of certified installers you have a lot of other ntca members that are that will get up and share with each other and that's i think one of the one of the beautiful things i've seen over the years. yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely absolutely all right yeah my pleasure I'm, i'm glad you were able to squeeze this in today bart we appreciate the information it's been a good discussion thanks for everything you do appreciate it my pleasure all right talk to you later bart have a great day all right, tile friends. Well, if you, if that's it, you've made your decision. You're going to come next week. Please come Tuesday. We're having a tile money kickoff networking party. You do have to RSVP. We have, um, we have plenty of seats, but but we have to cut it off at some point. So the link to RSVP is in the bio in the bio here or in the show notes, I should say, wherever you're watching or listening to this. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter to stay in tune, all things tile money. That link is also in the bio. And uh, until next time, tile friends, I hope to see you at Coverings. I hope this was beneficial for you and shed some light on the importance of these events. Uh, stay profitable, tile friends. Talk to you later. All right, we're off.